Welcome back to the bros. We're in the back room of the sanctuary where the conversation happens. And this episode is brought to you by Mark 16, 15 and 16. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And with that lighthearted note, let's get into this content right now. Today we have J.C. Santos with us, along with the bros. So proper. <laughs> J.C. Santos. Oh. Here comes J.C. Santos. Oh, yeah. right. I was going to put a, a pause break over that. But <laughs> My name is Jose. I'm with the bros. And I have Bill here with me. Go ahead, I'm Bill. with the bros. My name is Bill Turner. Excited to be here. And today we have a guest. You heard him in the last podcast. His name is J.C. Santos. J.C., would you tell us something about yourself? There's just so much to talk about. Well, pick something and we talk about it. I don't know. Do you got any questions? Anything that you're curious well, to know? Here, how about this? Let's talk about where do you come from? And I don't mean, I don't mean <laughs> where you come from like I know where I was born. But where do you come from? Well, lighthearted joke, as Bill does often, from my mom and dad. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. So I was born in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, raised up in Waterbury for roughly about nine years and then moved down to Florida. Uh, been here since then. It's been almost 20 years. And I feel old saying that. Hmm. 20 years? Yeah. Wow. So that makes you how old? I am 28 right now. So you've been eight years up in Connecticut and 20 years in Florida. That must have been a big change. Yeah, it was. Well, being able to grow up down here is a lot different than in Connecticut, just due to seasons in yeah. itself. Florida, oh, yeah. <laughs> Florida has one season. It's hot. Um, I beg to differ. It has two seasons, hurricane season and hot. Well, <laughs> raining and humidity, yeah. which is also hot, and then right. summer. Um, but yeah, grew up over there, came down here, um, and started just living life. I really, that's where I'm at right now, is just doing what God has called me to do. And what specifically is that? Well, based on the verse that you literally just read at the beginning of this, that's what there was a moment in my life kind of getting into some of the, I guess you can say the nitty gritty here, is that verse was actually a very impactful moment in my life where, where God literally sat with me and he spoke to me that verse. And we were, I was actually preparing for a sermon, uh, to give a sermon to uh, the youth class. And with these youth class, I was just, just trying to talk and, and give them an idea of how to seek God and just how to do better. And then I was just like sitting with myself and I'm just like, you know what, God, like, this is what you have for me. This is what you want for me. But like, I need you to just like, just confirm this for me. Like you, I know you have a purpose because I wouldn't be here if, if you didn't have a purpose for my life. So in that moment, I opened my Bible and literally the first thing that grabbed my eyes was this scripture is to go into all the world and, and preach the good news of the gospel. And seeing that in that moment, bro, it literally brought me to tears. 
I was crying. I was sobbing. I'm just like, God, like, if this is what you want, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. It brought me to tears. Like, literally, I was sobbing. Like, I, it's uncontrollable. Like, God met me there in that moment. And I was like, you know what, God, I, I'm just going to I'm just gonna do what you called me to do. And that's that's what I believe, that me doing this life, living the way that I'm living now, is what God has called me to do. Obviously, we can always do better. We can always grow and, and be more dependent on God. But that's where I feel like where God is bringing me right now. Do you feel like God has something bigger in your future? I feel like he has every uh, something to do bigger in everybody's life. It's just dependent on if we truly want to accept it or not. If we take everything that God says to heart and, and we live according to his word and, and do what he's called us to do, I feel like we can all do great things, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of God and the kingdom of God. Well, the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. Correct. And, uh, you know, I think of that as, you know, applying for a job in a way. If you say you're hiring, mm -hmm. then you can give callbacks and see and give secondary interviews. And even though some people may say, I want this job, then it's your job to also find out, do they really want to work here or do they want the money? Yeah. You know, is it just working there just so they can get something? And it's sometimes when you're Christians, we feel that, you know, we're where we need to be and we don't need to do anything. And even though we're called to do something, exactly. we think, oh, I, I guess I can do that. But we're not truly yeah. going there fully where we need to be with God. Yeah, we get, I feel like we get complacent at times. Yes. And we, we become more lax when we, when we get into this Christian walk. And we feel like, oh, now, now we're good because God's got me. Yeah. But it, that's honestly the contrary. When it comes to living this Christian life, you're going to get beaten. You're going to get punched. You're going to literally get stoned. We see that with Stephen when, yeah. when he was living by faith, walking for God, doing everything possible to build his ministry. What happened? He was stoned to death because of his walk with God. Like that's... It's obviously not happening here in the United States as of right now. No, I hope not. Shoot. Not with you. I, mean, I believe, I believe in all honesty with my whole heart that it's going to get worse because yeah. we see it. Absolutely. We see it on the, in the Middle East. We see I believe it, it in the other countries in the world, and we don't see that here. We're not facing persecution in a way that everybody else in the other parts of the world are actually facing, yeah. but it's coming. And that's something that we need to be prepared on. Yeah. You know, I was uh, thinking about what our lives would be, being that we are Christian. That moment that you kneel at that altar and you ask God that you are sorry and you want to get saved and you don't want to live the life that you used to live, it becomes a battle from that point on. Yeah. You know, you're living in sin, and in that sin, you have no remorse you have no regrets you know mm -hmm. but until you get to that altar all of that life becomes a weight and it's like how was i living with that weight on my shoulders mm -hmm. how was i living knowing that i could have had it easier and then now i have it easier you know but the only thing is that devil doesn't want me to have that the no. devil wants me to lose my victory he don't want me to he don't want me to put the devil in shame. He wants me to to be on his side and forget about Jesus and live in darkness. Yeah, the word is very clear when it says the weapon like that was formed shall not prosper. What we have to understand is that 
yeah, it's not going to prosper, but guess what? The weapon is already formed. It's coming after you. It's right. going to attack you as much as it can. But the fact of the matter is, is that when we truly like build with God, when we when we grow with God, that weapon, yeah, it may be formed, but it's not going to do the damage that it that it's wanting to do. The enemy's not going to have a hold on us the way he wants to have a hold on us. And when we give God the control, when we surrender literally everything to God, and be like, you know what, God, I can't do this. Uh, like I'm weak. In my yes. own flesh, I'm weak in my own being, but your word clearly states that when I'm weak, you are made strong. You're David in the battle of David and Goliath. Exactly, they underestimated you at a point because David, even when <laughs> when Samuel went to go find the new king, he looked literally looked at all of David's brothers. But where yeah. was David at? In the field. David was in the field yeah, watching after the sheep. Watching the sheep. Didn't you guys touch on this? Yes. Like, so, literally, yeah. David was in the field, not even thought of, not even sure. mentioned. Yeah. But David and himself was the true king. He's like, wait, there's some. there's got to be somebody missing because yeah. there's a presence that somebody brings when they're filled with God, when they're anointed by God. And David had that. And Samuel could feel that in that moment. He's like, there's somebody missing. Go get the boy. Like right. they didn't even call him by name, yeah. bro. Like, like there's purpose in people that you really don't see. Yes, and it, it's it's just crazy to me, bro. When he was the only one doing the work. Yeah, <laughs> they're all out there <laughs> greeting the visitors. He's like, oh yeah, he's he's, he's strong. He's, it's like when you go to a restaurant. Yeah, the owner of the restaurant is working in the kitchen or something. You're like, yeah. man, that's respect because exactly. that you know they know what needs to be done and they can do it better than anyone. When you when you have a boss or a manager literally putting in work, that brings a new perspective yes. to your to your idea of them as a person. Yes, yeah, I love when that perspective is given and it's changed. It's, it's, it gives you a whole new sight. It's it's good. You talk about you know getting a message and a sermon for the church. Let's talk about how you even got to that point where you even started going into church. Where did you begin your church experience? Where did it start to and how did it get to where it is now? So in all honesty, my walk with God, my, my church experience actually started back in Connecticut. Hmm. Um, dad, my dad actually, he owned this three-story building and he rented out two other apartments pretty much apartments as we lived in the other one somehow i don't believe in coincidences but i believe this was all god the person who ended up renting the the property below us ended up being a pastor hmm. wow. his kids went to school with us yeah so we literally grew up side by side with these pastors kids they invited us to church, and, and that's where it started. It was literally old school, black gospel, like holiness church. And like, I, I honestly, thinking back on it, I thank God for that because it was in that moment I was, I was still able to learn and I was able to grow as a child and, and learn the things as a child to be able to bring that up to my adulthood, bringing it over when we moved down to, to Florida is when I met... Uh, this woman literally sitting in a park with a book in her hand, just in a chair right by the school. And I'm just like, like, what is this lady doing? Like, yeah, like that's it's, for me in my in my young state of mind. I was like, yo, this is weird. Like, why is she sitting here with a book? 
<laughs> and I'm just like, all right, whatever, let's go find out. Like, we're not, we're not, whatever. I don't think she's going to hurt me or anything yeah. like that. So I go over there, and I'm just like, she's like, hey, how, how are you doing? Like, God bless you. I'm like, whoa, hold up. Wait, you go to church and stuff? Like, you do this? I'm, she's I'm, like, like, yeah. I'm not used to this. She's like, yeah, like, yeah, I pastor a church over here uh, with my husband. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's like, yeah, I come over here every single day. And I'm just like, every day? Yeah. Like, in my mind, thinking, every day you come over here? She's like, yeah, I, I read the word to the, to the kids, to you guys, whoever would allow me to, and then we'll pray for you before you go to school. I was like, yo, that's that's pretty dope. In all awesome honesty. Opportunity. Yeah, bro. Like it, yeah. like, it brought me back to, like, being in Connecticut. Like, I had that pastor in Connecticut that would instill the word of God in me. I moved to Florida. I get that same experience with a pastor. Right. And I'm just like, I'm like, God, like, obviously there, there's a purpose in my life because you keep bringing these people to my life. You keep bringing this type of atmosphere that you want me to have. And I just started growing and growing in that and, and kind of building that life with God in the moment to be 100% transparent because I believe 100% that we we as Christians need to be as transparent as possible. Yeah, Something I agree. that, that um, actually Pastor Mike Todd actually said, and I honestly agree with this statement. Um, we need to be hot. We need to be humble. We need to be open, and we need to be transparent. Mm-hmm. As Christians, we truly need to be open. That's a crazy thing. I, I heard that statement before, not from Mike Todd, but I heard it from somewhere, and it basically... I, don't, I can't I can't remember where I heard it from, but it inspired me to be able to open up about the ADHD that I have. Yeah. I told Bill about it. I was I had a struggle just even bringing it up in the first yeah. podcast. And it was just like, I'm just going to open it up. He asked me if I wanted to cut that part out of the podcast. And I said, no, because if, if I want to be open and I want to be transparent about sure. what I'm saying, because somebody out there is going to hear this podcast and when they can relate to this and see that I can still have faith, Mm. you know, through my transparency, it's going to help them as well. But you go ahead. I wanted to just 100% agree with you. How are people going to be transformed and changed if we can't be real? If we can't sit here and be like, you know Mm -hmm. what? I got to face that problem. I've been through that situation. This is how, how God has helped me through it. Because it's not us. It's not us. God is literally the one helping us through it. If we can sit here and be like, you know what? I can tell from my personal testimony. I dealt with lust. I dealt with pornography. And I can talk to somebody about that because you know what? God has helped me through it. I'm not addicted to pornography anymore. I'm, I'm not lust-driven anymore. I'm happily married with an amazing wife at home. Like, Amen. bro, and it's yeah. glory to God because she yes. is gorgeous. Hallelujah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I can say that because yeah. I'm being... I'm being transparent, brother. Go ahead. And, and, that, and that's what we have to be. We, we have to be real in this walk because if we're not, then how are people outside going to see us any different? How are people going to see, hey, like, there's something different about you. There is a presence that comes with you when you're in a certain area. And it's not, it's not us as a person. It's who we carry inside of us. The, the word is very true when it says the Holy Spirit lives within us. Right. And that's what we have. So if we can use the power of the Holy Spirit to, to be more open, to be more transparent, to be humble in, in aspects where we can be prideful. <clears throat> hey, like more power to the Holy Spirit, more power to God, because that's what's going to help build the kingdom of God, you know? 
Absolutely. I, and I appreciate what you said about that, about the struggles that you have had, because I don't want to harp on it as far as for itself. Go ahead, bro. I feel like that's an issue that more and more people, not even now, but are going to have mm-hmm. with, in the future, because I had struggles with that as well yeah. and was delivered from it. But the difference is, is that in this era, instead of you having to search it out and find it, it's being pushed at you. Yeah. And if when you're young and you don't know anything, then you can get stuck in that and not know how to deal with it. Exactly. And then it, it makes negative things of how you view life later. Yeah. That'll be awful. And I, you know, it is something that the church shouldn't bring up out of turn, but if they're, it, it will become an issue because more and more people now are having to deal with that because yeah. that's how the world works. It just keeps feeding it to you and mm-hmm. trying to get you to look at it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if some, not to cut you off, but like if, if the church doesn't bring it up, if the church doesn't talk about it, who's yeah. going to be talking about it? Right. Right. And it, it goes back to what you were talking about before. It's, you know, we have a device that has all the access in the world that we can never ask for and the mm-hmm. stuff that we don't want to ask for. Right. You know, but the access yeah. is there, and sometimes we don't go surfing for it. It just pops up. And yeah. then yeah. Our, we, you get curiosity. We click on something, and all of a sudden it's, you know, our eyes are feasting on something that, we shouldn't be feasting on but because the lust of the flesh oh, it yeah. just gets deeper and deeper you know i'm right. i'm i like when you in the middle of church you got up there and said we're gonna put all of our phones on the altar and we got the anointing oil you know yeah. and we prayed mm-hmm. over every cellular device every tablet mm-hmm. everything that can have hold of the internet we anointed everything up there we prayed for it that the lord would keep a boundary that we would also obey the boundary, that we would not yeah. open up to anything that was dark, that the devil was trying to throw at us. Because, you know, do we, you know what the scripture says about having the, the breastplate of righteousness, the armor of God, you know, mm-hmm. he can throw all the all your darts at me. Yeah. But as long as I have that armor of God on me, nothing can hit me, nothing, you know, I have a full protection over me. Yeah. I was going to bring this up earlier. Uh, and I, I got distracted or we got past it when we were talking about the armor of God. Yeah, it happens. I was going to say that when we were talking about it then and you were talking about that weapon that was formed mm. and it won't prosper, but it can still attack. Yes. And, and, you know, when you brought up Stephen, I was thinking about the number of Christians that you see that that are fine until something happens to yeah. them. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like, this is too hard. You yes. know, how am I supposed to live like this? I've been attacked. Mm-hmm. And the truth is in America that I don't think anyone can say that they're truly persecuted. Oh, yeah. Not, you know, not it's, one bit. It's something that's completely different. And I agree that it could change because the Bible says in the last days that good will be viewed as evil. Mm-hmm. And how and true is that be, with yeah. Christians now being viewed as a hateful group? Mm-hmm. We're in that but, time right now. Yes, and with the armor of God, some of the things God protects you from, but the armor of God you have to put on. Yeah. You can't leave any about. So mm-hmm. if you don't have enough faith and they exactly. get you because you don't have a shield, yes. then you start blaming God. Why did you let mm-hmm. that happen? It's because you didn't have all the yeah. tools. If you don't have yeah. the tools, the weapon is going to be there and go into attack. Yeah. It won't prosper if you don't let it. Yeah. So if you don't have all the armor on, it might prosper because you're not mm-hmm. living in the full way that God wants you to. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. And all the pieces have to fit together. So if you miss out on one, that could be the spot that he's mm-hmm. looking at that he'll get you at. Like yeah. the helmet of Goliath, man. That, yeah. It had enough space for that rock to hit, but that was meant to happen, you know? Right. Yeah. If, we have, if we give enough space for the enemy to attack us, if we don't have the, the, 
the breastplate of righteousness on, or we don't have that the girdle the um the belt loin girdle the, about the, with truth the yeah. loin of truth loin girdle about with truth we don't have that on, mm-hmm. you know, and the helmet of salvation we don't have right. we yeah. if we're missing out on one of those things just to make the point for you about what you said, you know the devil can spew lies to us and yeah. we can start yeah. believing them, you know and sure. and we won't be able to you know, fixate on the Lord as what we need to. Yeah, and, and something that my pastor actually has been touching on recently is just how are, how are you going to be ready? Like, whose side are you on? Are you on the side of God or are you on the side of the world? And we have to be prepared. We have to be able, like Bill said, to put, put that armor on. You have to do it. It's like nobody's going to do it for you. When we talk about salvation, we talk about salvation being an individual thing. But you have to be able to have the strength, to have the capacity to put that armor on, to seek after God, to have that armor plated on you. Because what happens when we get persecuted, like they're getting persecuted in the Middle East, when they tell you to denounce your God with a gun in front of your face, what are you going to say? You're going to be like, oh, no, I'm not a Christian. No, no, not at all. What? what? No. Yeah, right. And and then he even goes in further into a point. It's like you're going to have a point in your life when they're going to take everything away from you. They're going to sit here and be like, oh, your house is no longer yours because you're a Christian. They're going to be like, oh, you have this job? (laughs) Sorry. Nope, not anymore. You're going to be living on the street. And then once you're going to, what are you going to depend on when it comes to that point? Are you going to sit here and, and, and say that you're full-heartedly, wholeheartedly surrendered to God and that you're going to do everything for God and his kingdom when you're faced with being homeless, when you're faced with not having any type of money, when your family is distraught and, and you can't provide as a man of God for them? Just like, imagine. Like, when, bro, like that, yeah. that, in that, just thinking about that alone, for me, like, bro, like, I want to do everything possible so that when that day comes, when, yeah, when like I can sit here and stand firm. You know what? I'm a Christian. I'm a believe in the God. Like, oh man, man, I'm I'm going back to to scripture right now. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they're faced with a fiery furnace. Right. Literally coming up to it when they go in. He's like, you know what, God? We know that you can save us from this, but even if you don't. Right there, even if you don't, they would still praise God because you know what? At the end of it, from their life, from their example, being able to sit here and, you know, I'm not bowing to this king. Oh, my goodness. I'm not bowing to this king because I know the king that I need to bow down to. So once you get to the fiery furnace, even if you don't save us, God, we know that we will be in paradise with you. We will be able to worship you because you are the God of the impossible. They should have died in the furnace, considering man's idea of it. The soldiers that guess brought them what? in. Burned, the soldiers, burned literally, they got burned. Yeah. yeah, They literally, it was like, oh, let me put my face over here. Yeah. They're, they're burned. They're gone. But what's this fourth person in, in the fire? It's like in that moment, that should bring like, like a, oh, man. Like, the fourth yo, person was the form of the Son of God. Like, this yeah. is wild. Like, yo, we have to have that faith to be like, you know what? No matter what happens in this life, God, I'm going to trust you. Right. Yes. That, for me, in all honesty, I feel like has been one of my challenges. And just, like I said, being real is like facing the challenge of truly trusting God and, and giving him literally everything, surrendering to him everything and anything that is of me, my being, my family, my life, my finances, my job, like everything. Right. And for me, that I feel like it's been 
been a challenge because I'm like, like I'm the type of person uh, as like, I need to know what's going on. I need to know how this is going here, how this is doing that. But it's just like, I've been reading this book um, kind of to, and, and, and it goes with what I'm talking about. It's called No More Excuses by Tony Evans. And there's a, a chapter and it's called No not More. Spon- not sponsored by the No, way. no, no. It's, it, this is not a sponsored ad. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> but with this book, he talks about, there's a chapter that speaks on no more ownership. And this this book, brother, I tell you, it in all honesty has been changing my life as a man of God. And we're we're all uh, us three here. We're we're all men of God. Right. And I, once again, not a paid partnership or nothing like this. I would advise you to get this book because it, it is so powerful. Right. Um, it talks about how we shouldn't have to worry. We shouldn't have to worry about the things to come. Like every day, the next day is not promised, but let's focus on today. Let's focus on how we can build today. You know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was just reading and I I saw somebody say, we're always asking God to take us out of the circumstance. Yeah. And it it spoke to me because a lot of times we do. We do do get to the point where we pray ourselves out of the circumstance. And you look at David and Goliath. David did not pray, do not send me in there because, or he didn't say, Lord, kill Goliath yourself. He didn't say that. He didn't tell, Daniel didn't tell um, God to, you know, shut the lion's mouth. He didn't say, don't put me in the the lion's den. Mm -hmm. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't say, you know, don't put me in the fire. You know, all those different things, they all prayed that God would be there to -hmm. protect me through the circumstance. Yeah, even Jesus himself. I am so glad that you said that because that (laughs) was On the cross, bro. Like, literally, the words from his mouth is like, maybe this cup shall pass if this not for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even Jesus, but he was like, yo, your will be done. Yeah. Not mine, bro. Because what God's will is for our lives is way more important. It, it literally is so important to uh, to his kingdom for us to literally follow the plan that he has for us, man. And it's, oh, man, I can't, I can't go into depth as, yeah. as, as much as I would love to on this type of thing. But like just knowing that, like even Jesus himself on the cross, Right. can have that instance that we have, I would say, right. every day, like, yeah. that just blows my mind. He could have had 10,000 angels take him off that Oh, house. yeah. Right. And, you know, the thing about that is, is he knew what God's will was. Yeah. Right. Because he had, you know, that it, all through time that was the plan since, you know, the Garden of Eden, that that was what would happen because it was foretold from that moment. And sometimes we try to escape the will and and act like we don't know it, even yeah. even though we you know yeah. we pr- are pretty sure of what we need to mm-hmm. do. But I think the reason Jesus prayed so earnestly is because he had to know that God was resolute, yeah. and that he that's exactly what he wanted to happen. And once he knew that that he was in the perfect will of God, that strengthened him. And he you can see from that moment mm-hmm. where his resolve changed, yeah. where he was he was you know praying and you know yeah. sweat was as great drops of blood oh, yeah. and he was you know trying to get his disciples get up can't you help me pray for at least an hour please yeah. you know yeah. do something and then the third time he knew he knew that he couldn't change it god mm-hmm. wasn't going to change his will so the angels ministered unto him and then he went to the disciples say sleep on no yeah <laughs> just keep going you're gonna have because yeah. he knew that what he had to go through 
And, you know, we were um, talking before the, we started recording about mm-hmm. having a verse of the sponsorship like Jose had read, and I joked around and said Jesus wept. And yeah. the reason I personally believe that he wept in that moment mm. was because he looked around and saw all the people yeah. who were crying and mourning and weeping, and he had told them that he wouldn't die. He said he wasn't going to die. Yeah. And he saw the unbelief where the Jews around him said, well, he, he was this great healer. Why couldn't he heal him? Mm-hmm. And he saw the unbelief, and he knew in that moment what everyone around Jesus would have to go yeah. through. He knew what it would be like, and he didn't want to cause hardship. No. And he knew that was probably going to be the worst three days of everyone's mm-hmm. life that was around him. Oh, yeah, we have to question that. Yeah. Like, do we, do we have a burden? Yes. Do we have a burden for the people that are lost oh, in this yeah. world? Are we literally crying, weeping like Jesus did for these people that are lost in the world? Yeah. I have a uh, a co-leader at my church, um, and he talks about it all the time. He He's in university uh, at USF right now, and he finds himself in the courtyard praying in yeah. tongues for these kids because he feels that burden because there's people yeah. out there that have never in their life heard the name of Jesus. Have never heard the story of oh, Jesus. That's where I heard it from. Yeah, yeah no, and it, and it it's from. and it's so true. It's so true because there are people out there we pass by every single day. Yeah. How many of them truly know who God is? What Jesus did for them on the cross. Right. But that's our job as Christians, as true believers. We need to be able to be open with these people, not not be afraid, right. because the word says, "Be strong and courageous." Right. He tells us, go out, go do that. Mm-hmm. Like the verse of the yes. first, the verse that we're talking about today, Mark 16, go out into the world and preach the gospel. Like that, that's what we need to do. Right. It may not be sitting here up on a pulpit bringing a message. Yo, it could be you sitting on a chair at a dinner table saying, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Right. You can literally have just an intimate one-on-one conversation with somebody and bring them to God. Exactly. Sure. Like that, that. I feel like, in all honesty, in this day and age, that type of church, that type of relationship has faded a a bit because we're all so involved in our own self, in our own being, and we're not focusing on, hey, like, there's people out there that need you. Like, God called you with a purpose. Like, what you were talking about earlier, Jose, is that like people don't want to go. They're 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 crying. Oh, oh God, take take me out of this. I don't yeah. want to go through this. You can't get to purpose without going through a process. And that's something that has been instilled in me so so much is that going through the process, yes, it's going to hurt. There's going to be times where you feel like giving up, but just know that on the other side of this hurt, on the other side of that process, there's your purpose. You you preached one time, and I remember because I was I was there. You preached about the conduit, or was it the conduit or the clay? Yeah. It was something Con- about that. I did both. You did both that <laughs> yeah. day, right? Mm-hmm. You were talking about that, and you were molding the clay. And while you were molding that clay, it was like a, it was like a representation of us. We're going through the process mm-hmm. of becoming something. Yeah. And then at the end of that process, no matter how much strenuous pressure we go through with that clay, we're going to become something. But we can't yeah. become that something without that process of b- yeah. molding. We can't yeah. be a flower pot if that clay was never going to be molded into that flower mm-hmm. pot. Yeah. And, you know, the conduit, you can't, you can't have the power without the conduit. Yeah. The conduit, you can have power without conduit, but the only thing about that is that you're not going to have the controlled power. The power exactly. is not going to be yeah. a it's gonna blow you line. Up. It's going to blow you're you up. You're not going to be able to contain it. <laughs> no, you can't contain it. 
And that, and but what you said there was great. You know, it's the fact that we have to be able to go through that process mm -hmm. to get to that purpose of being that flower pot, or to yeah. be that minister in the field that we need to be. And in in, in the word, it talks about the potter and the clay. Like that process, that that illustration in the word is literally how God is seeing us right now. He's literally molding us. And when you make a, a pot of clay, there's gonna be times where you gotta freaking knock it down. You gotta break it. Because yeah. it's not where yes. you want it right. to be. It's not how you Im like imagined it to be. So you literally crumple it, you break it, and then you build it back up. Yeah. Sometimes we got to get down to the rock to know who the true rock is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have to learn how to go through that process to get to our purpose. And then there's something else that uh, at a leadership conference that I went to, this uh, Pastor Choco. That's, that's his name. I don't, I don't know if that's his real name, but it, we would call him Pastor Choco. What he said there literally blew everyone's mind in leadership. He's like, what we have to understand, or actually, no, we don't have to understand. He said, understanding can wait, but your obedience cannot. You have to truth. be obedient mm -hmm. yeah. in the word. You have to be obedient through the process to find your purpose. Yeah. Man, that... So let's, uh, let's go into this a little, and I, I don't want to dive no. too deep or anything, but no for it, brother. let's say this is all God. you're in a church. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that you had a, you preached a message one time. Yeah. What is your role in the church or what is your role in life right now? What are you, what are you doing? What has God called you to do as far as your life or your church? Right now, I believe it all revolves around that verse to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. No matter where I'm at, let my life be a reflection of the word of God, of what God can do and will do. Right, um, right now, I am uh, one of the youth leaders in our church. I'm also part of the worship team. Um, in life, I'm a husband. I'm right now a dog owner. And let me tell you, it takes some patience to be a dog owner. Um, in that did life... You, did you pray for patience? No, because I know what comes when you pray for patience. <laughs> it's going to give you an opportunity to be patient. Yes. And I've learned that. I've learned. I'm like, you know what, God? I'll I, I literally be real. I was like, I was like, God, I'm not going to pray for patience because I know what you're going to do. Yeah. Because you're going to give me the opportunity to be patient. And I just need to be patient. You know what I'm yes. saying? Right. So <laughs> yeah, that, that so was true. such a clear message for me. But no, like really, uh, right now, I'm, I'm a manager at my job. I'm a husband. And... In every aspect of my life, I can see that God has put me in a role of some type of leadership. And being in leadership means sacrifice. It means taking the L, bro. That is taking the L. You have to know how to take an L, and it's hard. It I is. can tell you that it is. it is hard. For some of you who are listening, an L is a loss. Yeah. Take yeah, a if loss. you don't know, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Not sometimes you, sometimes you gotta lose. Yeah. You yeah, have to lose. Yeah. Because not every battle you're gonna win. Yeah. There's gonna be battles where you're you're gonna be faced with with a lot. Then you're gonna be faced with with situations that you feel like you can't get through. But then God is there. God is gonna his, he's gonna stretch out his hand like he did with Peter when he was drowning. He's gonna be like, come on, I got you. But knowing that, it's just like, you know what? Now being in the position that I'm in, I know that I have a bigger responsibility. I know that I have the responsibility of not only bringing the message in my life, but bringing it to my wife, 
bringing it to my coworkers, oh, bringing it to good. my church. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That that's what we're called to do. It's, it, I would say it it's, it should be a priority in our lives to to really seek out what God has for us and, and to portray that message that God that God can do. Yeah, we're ministers first to our household. You yeah, know, that's, that's it's like we're we're the priests of our home. Like when you look at so many of the diagrams that have been made, you see the hierarchy. Uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that hierarchy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Probably, yeah. That word is always messing with me. Yeah. So, but if you see that, like you always see, God is always number one. Yeah. God is always number one, and when it comes to a household, you have your husband. So God, husband, wife. I'm not saying that in the household, like the husband, what he says, what what is what goes, because that's not always the case, but submitting to your husband as he submits to God. Because yeah. if your husband doesn't submit to God, girl, you better run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? yeah. I'm being real. It's right. the truth. And, that, and that's, that's the whole point. Like, I, that's what I'm trying to, as a husband, be as, at develop, be developed and, and learn how to be a better husband. The Bible says that the husband has to love the wife like Jesus loved the church. Exactly. So we have to be that image of Christ, and we have to be a, a mm. holder of that. Of that. Yeah. It, it's crazy because in the Word, it it talks so much to the husbands, and, and like there there's a passage in Scripture like when it talks about like what you just said, husbands love your wives like you love the church. It literally tells the wives to respect your husband. Pretty much. That's it. Yeah. Like, they get, like, one or two verses, but we get the rest of the chapter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there is a, there's a purpose in, in being a husband. There's more to being a husband than just sex. There's more to, to being a husband than just providing. Right. Yeah. Like, there's so much more to being a husband. And, and as a new husband, and honestly, by, like, a year and almost six months, like, I'm still learning yeah there's there's going to be things that i'm going to learn throughout my entire life and and i thank god for the wife that i have because you feel like it's a lot of pressure sometimes i feel like like yes i look to answer your question very like quickly yes i do feel like there is pressure because the person that i am like i feel like i have to get it i have to figure it out i have to get it done yeah. and in that mindset like i start thinking and i'm an overthinker like 100 percent of the time and my wife, sometimes she can't stand it. She's like, why do you think so much? And I was just like, I don't know. I really can't explain it. But I literally think of every possible outcome, try to figure out everything right then and there. And, and I'm getting better. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. And my wife can, can vouch for me. I'm not just, mm-hmm. like, pulling it over your shoulders or anything like that. We'll call but, her up and ask her on the yeah, line. Yeah, 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 that's fine. That's fine. She'll probably vouch for me. I hope I, hope I pray. Oh, yeah. But no, like, for real, like, being there for, for my wife and, like, actually going through that process can be hard because you're learning to live with a, a person something that you, as a christian man you have never done before you've never lived with this person that you're that you've gotten to know but now you don't know as much as you thought you knew right you're getting more now on an intimate level not just physically spiritually mentally yes. emotionally now you have all these factors that are coming in as a husband, as a marriage, that it's just like, yo, now you you got to figure this out. Like, this is now, it's not your clay and her clay, it's y'all's clay. Like, it's right. you. It's yes. both of you. You form together. Yeah, because one. you are one. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The Bible says it clearly. The man will leave his mother and father's house and will be united with his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, you are now one clay. 
Like when I did that clay uh, example, I had two separate clays that I mashed together. You can see that as a marriage. Sometimes it's going to mold and shape. Sometimes the husband's way is going to be a little bit more because it needs to be like that. Sometimes the wife is going to be a little bit more because it needs to be like that. But we have to allow God to mold it, not us. Because God is the potter. God is going to mold that clay to what he wants us to be. I've been pretty quiet during this portion. (laughs) Me giving marriage advice is like Helen Keller giving an eye exam. (laughs) But but you can't see it like that. You can't see it like that. One of of the most famous people in the Bible, Paul. Paul gives so much marital advice, but he was never married. And that that blows that, so that blows crazy, people's right? mind. It does yeah. sound crazy. That blows people's yeah. mind. It's like, how can this man that has never been married understand marriage so well and give marital advice to I'll people you, who I'll are married? I'll tell you how. There's just one answer to that. It's Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the the you know the goal is that you know is that we are the bride of Christ, and yeah. so the institution of marriage was formed for people but will eventually go on to be how we live for for christ and if Mm -hmm. if paul was able to understand that that's the truth is is god has authority over us in every Mm -hmm. aspect of life yes and that's how husbands have that authority but they don't necessarily need to use it all the time and that's one part of you know loving your wife is saying hey what do you think about you know and Mm -hmm. not just saying because that's a bad way to live is is to force them you have that power yeah you have the power to do that but if you really are doing that all the time then you're abusing that power your wife is not going to be happy oh no not going to be happy at all like you you literally have communication is sure the biggest biggest aspect and i and i said that before i got married and then i learned that so much more when I am married. Like, it's communication is key. And that's and not just in marriage. That's in our walk with God. Right. How, how are you going to get close to God? How are you going to build your yeah. relationship if you don't pray? Yeah, the oh, prayer yeah. Is, a, is a big, <laughs> got, you like, need prayer. It's shocking the things that people do to try to hide things from God. Yeah. It's annoying to me because you're like, <laughs> you can't. You can't hide anything from God. Why aren't no, you telling yeah. him the full extent? Why aren't you right, being yeah. open and honest? You know, I saw... I saw uh, a thing on the internet said who is your friend and how do you consider them your friend and mm-hmm. it had rules yeah. it said mm-hmm. if you talk to your friend once a month mm-hmm. they're not a friend yeah they're just acquaintance. an acquaintance yep. you talk to them you talk to them at least you know three or four times in a week or something like that you keep the communication going mm-hmm. that you consider a friend yeah you know you can't just go and have a friendship and t- and say hey i'll talk to you monday and then mm-hmm. next monday we talk and then after that we go two day two weeks and the yeah. next thursday we talk or whatever the communication and that friendship you don't know yeah. each other well enough some people mm-hmm. go i mean i'm like this i have a friend that i i grew up with down the street from my from from my mom's house and Literally, we can link up tomorrow, and it's like we never, you know, disconnected. We yeah. we we know each other. Yeah. We talk to each other. We just have the best fun, mm-hmm. you know. But still, is he a friend to me or just an acquaintance right now? Yeah. Because I don't communicate. I don't know his life. I know yeah. I know about him a little bit, but just mm-hmm. like some of the casual Christians right now, you know, mm-hmm. we just know Jesus a little bit. Yeah. We know we don't go to the Bible and try to learn about him, and we don't yeah. go to the altar and mm-hmm. pray and try to communicate with him to say mm-hmm. hey jesus this is what i'm doing this is what i'm going yeah. through right now and i need your help and lord mm-hmm. you know let me, let's talk a little bit yeah. you know that's that kind of thing is what helps a conversation is what helps a friendship mm-hmm. and what keeps us going 
Yeah, how can you have a friendship if you don't talk? You can't. Right. There's, there's yeah. no way. It's an impossibility. Yeah, there's no way to do it. You can't learn who somebody is or what somebody is about without talking, without communicating. You don't have a prayer life, you're not going to know God. Like right. in that moment when we get to that point where it's like, like we get to heaven and Jesus is like, he's like, oh, well done, my, my good and faithful servant. Or he's like, depart from me. I never knew you. It's like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna react to that? It, it, I pray to God that that's not the case. But if we receive that message, I never knew you. What did we do wrong? What, what did? Right. Because you have yeah. those people that are be like, you know what, God, I did this in your name. I get, I did that in your name. But guess what? You didn't have the intimate relationship. You didn't, you weren't my friend. You didn't have the blood of Jesus Christ on your life. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't in the inner circle. I, w- I would say it like that. Right. Uh, we did a, a diagram with our youth and we had them draw a couple circles so we had them say all right put your name in the middle draw three circles and in those three circles i want you to put your friends acquaintances according to the level of how close you are so everybody's writing this name i did it myself everybody's writing these names like i'll put my wife on my closest circle my mom my brothers my dad in my inner circle and then some friends on the outer circle and some of the church family and everything like that and then we get to the end of it and then we truly asked the question. He's like, so how many of you put Jesus in your inner circle? The room was quiet. It was just like, oh, yeah. you don't think of that. Sure. But as, as close as God could be, as close as, as we need to be to him, he should be in our inner circle. Right. We should think of that like, yeah, he is our friend. He wants us to be his friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. crazy. All right. Here's another question for you. What's a big challenge you're facing, and how are you tackling it? And let's hear a failure that you've had, and what did you experience, what you learned from it? So my biggest challenge, and and I've kind of touched on this earlier, has been completely, like, surrendering to God and and giving him everything. Because at times I find myself, like, wanting to know, hey, like, like, how am I... How can I, like, let this go if I need to know, like, this needs to be like this or this needs to be like that? Like, one big example for me, excuse me, is, is my finances. Like, like I want to make sure that they're, they're laid out to a certain point to where, like, yeah, I can pay my ties. I can pay my bills. We have some extra money that we can, we can buy things with if we need it or not and anything like that. And I found myself, like, getting to a point now more than before truly like kind of letting that stuff go but i feel like there's still that little it's like a soul tie it's like it's like holding on until i until i really truly cut it out and like allow god to fully take control of it i'm not going to get to where he wants me to get and it and it's again referencing that book that i'm reading um it it talks about that it talks about like letting it go allowing god to do what god does like believe that that god has your back he's not called jehovah jireh for no reason he is your provider so no matter how you are in life no matter what standpoint no matter what financial status you may have if you have god if you allow god to work in and through you you're gonna see that hey like i'm gonna be all right and i'm i'm getting to that point to where it's just like you know what god i'm gonna trust you like i'm gonna I'm going to leave it all on the table 
and, and I tell you, brother, it's been it's been a challenge. It's been hard. Um, just being able to allow God to just take complete control because as humans, we want, we want the control. Yeah. We, we want to do what we want to do, but, and that's in our fleshly aspect. Like if we, if we allow God to take it control, we're going to see that we're going to be better off. And it's not just because like the financials will be good. Like we're going to get so much money if we do this and we do that, like God's going to bless us here. No, it's not that, but we can have an enrichment in our life and it not be monetary. Like right. it can be in your spirit. It can be you know, in your marriage. Yeah. The uh, the fact that humans, all people, we all have a fear of unknown things yeah. in our life. Yes. We don't we don't like the fact that we don't know what can happen next yeah. if we don't have something. Mm. You don't like you don't like the fact that, well, what will happen if I don't have my last dollar or yeah. I don't I'm not able to pay my bill yeah. or I'm not able to you know drive to work because I don't have any gas money, yeah. you know, not be able to provide what we don't like the, uh, we don't like the unknown. Yeah. So when we go and we have God to be able to give us the surety that he's going to let us, he's going to give us what we need. We don't know mm-hmm. what we need. Yeah. We don't know exactly. We, we might have an idea of what we need, no, you yeah. know, but because he knows us better than we do, yeah. he's going to provide what we have, what we, what we desire. We're going to provide yeah. us what we need in our life. Oh yeah. And I, and I think back to the verse of, of Colossians three, two, and I think you guys touched on this too, is there's, we need to think on the things of above and not the things like of this world. Yeah. As like, if we, if we constantly think of like, Hey, how am I going to do this? How, how is this going to happen? Or like, Hey, is this going to be okay? And, and we're sitting here not like trusting God, we're going to find that it, it's going to be hard. Yes. But when we have that, that capability to be like, you know what, God, take control. I'm going to start thinking like, hey, if I, give you, if I give you my life, like you're going to be there for me no matter what. Like the word is very clear. He was like, he will never leave nor forsake you. And, and I believe in that wholeheartedly because even through hardships that I've faced and financial situations that I face, like I've always seen God's hand. It literally has been just enough to make us through and there's times where it's been in abundance like he he blesses in abundance that's clear too and just just god has been so i would say prominent right now in in my life trying to be that better husband trying to be that better man of god and and just truly seeking him because that that in itself has been something that god has spoken to me about and my wife is us together as a marriage is clearly written in matthew 6 33 which it says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and add, yeah. everything will be added to you. Yeah. It's like if, if we truly just seek God and we give him everything, like, yeah, it may not be money off the walls coming to you. It may not be like a new car, or a new house, but your spiritual life, bro, like you, you will grow to such an exponential level in your spiritual walk with God, in your relationship with God, that that's going to be worth so much more than anything we can have on this earth. Yes. So the scripture that we brought up was um, Philippians 4 and 8, about finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Mm-hmm. We brought that up, I think, in the second episode. I believe or the, so, yeah. I th- well, I, it's hard for me to remember. They it all was I, think it was, I think it was the second one. Exactly. Yeah, we were talking about church hurt and talking about yes. a lot of yeah. different yeah. conviction yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, let's move on. All right. Not everybody knows 
but JC, you have a song out. Mm-hmm. And touch back onto that song. Tell us about it and tell us what the journey was, the name of the song, how you got there. Give us, give us a little below down. Well, in all honesty, I, I wouldn't have this at all if it wasn't because of God. Um, yeah. I was placed in a church and they they saw a potential in me to do better and be better and my pastor literally paid for my classes to go into vocal lessons and in this vocal lesson class is where i met the producer of this song the the one who helped me get this out to to everyone and like i thank my pastor and i thank god for for placing him in my life because he he truly saw what what I could be and what God wanted me to be. And he, he provided, in the worldly sense, the monetary way to get there, but not truly knowing in that moment that there was a spiritual aspect behind it. Like, hey, like, I'm doing this for the glory of God. And my producer, um, he literally, like, he heard my voice. And I'll be honest with you, like, I am the biggest critic of myself. Like I, there's sometimes I listen to myself. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you sound like garbage. And, and I yeah. tell my wife all this, and she's like, no, stop, don't say that, don't say that. You we're all the great. same thing. All yeah, same bro, way. we're our own biggest critics, and, and that's where I was at. I'm like, bro, like you hear that? Like, and he's like, he's like, no, bro, there's just, and he's like really like chill. He, he's like, bro, listen, like you have a certain voice. I want you to sing this song. So he he wrote this song. Like I I didn't have anything. I literally portrayed the message. So he wrote this song, and I'm listening to the rhythm of it and everything like that, and I'm like, man, this sound, this is good. Yeah. And I'm reading over like the lyrics and everything, and and honestly, I can just relate to the lyrics in the song, and it, it was just it spoke to my life. And I told him I was like, brother, like, like this song speaks to me, because whether you know it or not, like this, in all honesty, this is what I've gone through. And, and I told him my story. I was like, I had this battle. I, I went through this and I went through that. And like this song is going to help me portray that. Yeah. And for me, my biggest, I would say my biggest burden was not just the people around me, but was for my family. And as a child, I prayed constantly, constantly, constantly for my family. Like, especially my dad. My I yeah. love, 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 love my dad. Like he is, he is my... Mm. I, 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 yeah, like it's my dad is he is he's my dad, man. Like he's everything I, to you. Yeah, yeah. So I would pray constantly for him because at, at that moment he wasn't like like when we were doing that he was in church, but like as a child he wasn't he didn't go to the church like he knew about God and stuff like that. But as I kept praying as a child, I'm just like God. Like every time I prayed, I'm like God, like help my dad to know you, help my dad to, to get closer to you. And, and as I'm growing up, almost 30 here in the next couple of years, like, like my dad's in church, bro. Like yeah. my dad's like worshiping, even though he's not like the most like, like energy, like type of person. Like I can see the passion. I can see the desire for him to want to be that yes. man of God. And like, I see him in the back line, like lifting up his hands, like a little bit here and there. And like, I'll see him mouthing the words, bro. Like that hits my heart in such a way. It's just like the reasoning for me, really for my sake, from, for, for me doing this song was to touch my family, to reach my family, because I want my oh, yeah. family to know what God can do. 
and what God will do if they truly submit and surrender to God. And my dad is a living testimony of that. Like you can sit here and we can pray and we can pray and God will answer your prayers. As long as it's according to his will, he'll answer your prayers. Right. And if I'm praying for my dad to seek God and to, and to be that man of God that he has called him to be, God's going God's gonna to value that and he's going to yeah. go after that. Yeah. And I can see the fruit of that prayer these 20 odd years that, that I've been alive praying that prayer. I see my dad in church, man. And I see it. And it, every time I see it, like whether I'm up on stage, like on the worship team, or if I'm in like the pulpit preaching or even on the sideline, just seeing him like truly give his all to God as much as he can give as much as he knows how sure. to give like that, that for me hit it. Like yeah. this song for me is not just, it's not just another song. Like the song is called no one else, but you like there's no one else in this world, but God that can help us through any situation. There's no one else in this world but God that can answer our prayers. And like this song has brought me to that, to really to really seek out God and to like speak to my family. Right. And that's, and honestly, that's my biggest support right now is yeah. my family. And, and seeing that my, my song, actually in all honesty, God's song, because this is, this is all for the glory of God. This song has touched so many people. Right. And it's brought them to know, like, hey, like, you can portray God's message in a way that there's people that are going to want to hear it. And, um, like, there's people that hear it, and they're just like, they want to be a part of it. They want to know the journey. They want to know the process that you had to go through. Right. Like, I don't think, and I honestly don't believe that I would be here right now if it wasn't for that, for, for you guys wanting to know, hey, how did this come about? Where did you come from? What, it, what is this? What is this song truly about? Right. And, and that's where I see it, man. This, this song has, has helped me in a way to really give my all to God. And at points, I would say, like, 100%, like, it had to, uh, I had to humble myself. I was like, yeah, it may be a good song, but don't get prideful. Like, you need to humble yourself because this is not for you. This is God speaking to me. This is not for you. This is for my kingdom. Sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I no, kind of do ahead. want to put you on the spot. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> what is a lyric in your song that touches you the most that you hope that the people that listen can resonate with? I know it's a deep, that's a deep question. Yeah, because there's, there's just so many, brother. Um... Now you got me thinking about the entire song. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Listen, um, I'm gonna tell you what. The people that are listening, they people will know, and then some people won't know. But this here, J.C. Santos, he is my brother. <laughs> he is someone that you know. I was. He was. I was three years old when he was born, and we go way back. Obviously, you better but go back. <laughs> we go way back. I've known him all his life. Literally. Um. But just wanted to say about that when you talked about dad it was just something that when you said reminded me about the, the about the prayer that I made so long ago you know you mentioned about the lady that was sitting at the ballpark who was reading the bible to all these kids in the morning and then next thing you know, she invited you. I don't know if you mentioned that, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it. Mm -hmm. She invited you to go to church, and then you invited me. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we just, we all gone. We went to church, and we just, we 
you know, we enjoyed worship together at, at that church. Yeah. And we just kept growing and growing and growing. But eventually, you know, you, you guys went on to a different church or yeah. mom wasn't going to church with us. Dad wasn't either. Yeah. It was a, it was a kind of a hard thing for me to, to, to deal with. And I prayed that Lord would save. I invited so many times, but it just felt like there was a, a wall of hindrance that wasn't allowing them to come. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the babies, taking care of babies. Yeah. You know, we were always wor- worried about babies running around in the church and not having, to, not having to chase after them and be disrespectful to the message and the word of God, which I'm pr- I know that it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah. But then while I was praying... I prayed that the Lord would save them, take them, and and make them worship, worship altogether. I went down back and forth seven times. Uh, June 25th, 2010, I prayed so many times that night. And when I prayed, every time I went back to the front of the church, I saw more and more of my family just worshiping the Lord. And this was in my mind. This was a picture yeah. that the Lord was just fixing in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I cried, and I said, Lord, this is a promise that you're giving me. Look, yeah. now all my family is in church. We're not in the same mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Mind you, we have we have a church. You have a church over in where, in Tampa. We have a church mm-hmm. over here where we're at in Lakeland. Yeah. But we're, diff- we're in different churches, but I see my family worshiping God, loving the Lord with all their heart, mm-hmm. doing what they know to do. Yeah. And that is a big promise that God is fulfilling. Dad is one of those one part of the pro- promise that he's going to yeah. fulfill. He's going to bring mm-hmm. that to pass. All we have to do is just you know like we we we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know the dad and the family is the biggest portion that yeah. brings the family together. Yeah. Yes. If dad gets saved first, mm-hmm. there's a ninety nine percent chance or ninety six ninety six percent chance the whole family gets saved. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, but yeah. if if mom gets saved first, literally drops down. It drops half. exponentially. Honestly, half. almost to about I think it was thirty-five or forty percent. Yeah, wow. it drops a lot. And then if the child gets saved first, five percent. It's five percent that the whole family gets saved. And I'm gonna tell you what, we beat the odds. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. And go with, go. I, just thinking on that, in all honesty, like um. I try not to be as emotional um, just because, like, for time's sake and everything like that. But, uh, like, just God has, has been so good. And to know that, like, we have that same desire as brothers, to have the same desire to know, like, hey, like, this is what we want for our family. This is what God wants for our family. It it brings a new, like, I guess you can say a new bond, a new connection for our family. You know, like, you said it. Like, we may everybody's in in church now like we may be in different churches but as, as christ is it we're one body it doesn't matter where we're planted at in church but we're serving the lord together we're we're serving the lord side by side whether we're in that church you guys are in this church or, right. or we're, somebody else is in that church we're all the body of christ and we can't function without each other a body can't function like properly the way it needs to without a certain ligament, without a certain bone, without a certain type of structure. It can't work. It can't function the way it needs to. Um, but yeah, like to go back to what you were asking, like for me, like in all honesty, I would say the chorus of the song like has been 
my biggest thing. Um, not just because it's the easiest thing to remember, mm. but the chorus of the song brings the whole song together. Um, of course. Saying that that nobody can fill me up the way that he does. That that he's the one that literally turns my world around. Like nobody, not even my wife, uh, and she knows that. Like not even my wife can can completely change my life the way that God has. Yes. Um, and he does it with such ease. Yeah. It, it's so easy for him. Like he don't even have to snap his finger. Like he can just breathe. Like yeah. you know how? Like we don't even think about breathing. Like mm-hmm. as we're sitting here doing this, we're not, I'm just like, all right, breathe in, <laughs> breathe out. We're right. not thinking that, but it, it's so easy yeah. to us. Like that, I believe that's how God sees it. He's like, I can change you in an instant if I wanted to, but I'm allowing you to go through this process to build you up to what you need to be. Um, so knowing that God can completely turn my world around, that it's so easy for him that every every minute, every hour, is, is, is like I can feel his presence, that I'm capable of feeling his presence. And the fire that burns within me is, is something that I believe, I don't, and I don't want to ever let go of. Like that fire that, that God has instilled in me with the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, I believe God wants more of this. Yes. And honestly, I've been away from it from a while. Um, just getting my life, being married, there's a lot through that process of not adding yeah. another one. You got a lot on your plate right now. There, there's so much to go around. And, and I believe yeah. God does want more. God wants us to, to, to reach those souls, right. whether it's just our family, whether it's just our friends, or whether it's the whole world. Like, wherever God takes us, I know he wants us to, to lead with purpose, to lead uh, by example in living this life for Christ. But, yeah, so the, the chorus for me is definitely my, my biggest takeaway for anybody who really wants to know where my heart is at is that chorus. Well, you know, I was excited about this because we've talked about it on the podcast, all of us are a lover of music. Mm-hmm. And and it was you know so enjoyable to talk about it for us. Yeah. And and uh, I listened to the song and it's fantastic. And uh, you guys can find it and listen to it. It's great. But it was just an interesting thing to talk about the musical process behind it yes. too. Of you know how to make that and how good it sounds. Um, it's, the style it's is like what <laughs> salsa. It's like it's English salsa. Yeah. It's well. It's like the singing style and yeah. this, the way it's written is like Michael Bublé. Yeah. But then the, I honestly never thought of it like really, that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Is that kind of just like you know they got that kind of crooning kind of style yeah. little with salsa. It's like Miguel Blue Bay or mm. you know something like that. Okay. <laughs> but, I'll eat, no, you it's wanna... enjoyable. But I really love the song. I like the message behind it. You know that yeah. that you can leave everything and mm. and it doesn't matter because that's yeah. what God has called us to do. He sent out His disciples and they yeah. had. All they had was a staff, no yeah. money, no, no nothing, just two yeah. coats, <laughs> and exactly. sent them out into the cities and just said, go and do all this. And it talks about the amazing yeah. miracles they did with nothing to their name. They just went out, and all they had was yeah. the reassurance that he was on their side. Yeah, 100%. But are we able to get a cut of the song and tag it on to the end of the podcast or no? Sure. I, I think so. I don't think it's going to be a copyright issue. I no, you yeah. should be fine. Should, we have the yeah. artist right here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, by all means. It should be good. So we're going we're gonna to wrap this up shortly. Um, I'm going to ask you two questions. All right. Okay. Be a little 
short, one funny, one serious. Okay. If you could sit down and have a conversation with any biblical historical figure, mm -hmm. who would it be? So you want one funny and one serious of that? No, no, no. That's one question. I have another question. Oh, okay. So this, this, is like this is a serious question. <laughs> oh. If you I'll could like, sit down well, and have a conversation with that. any biblical historical figure, mm. who would it be? That's a serious question. Mm. Yeah. We should answer this. We like, want to. You can answer it too. Let's let's, let's take we'll turns answering. Yeah. I feel like, in all honesty, most people would say what I'm gonna say right now, mm. but it for me it just it's. A different level of understanding um, I would honestly love to sit with Paul mm. because Paul's life before he became Paul he was Saul like that yeah. lifestyle that he lived before the transformation of God through his life like like how bro like yeah. how how can you sit here and go from being a person persecuting killing Christians and like Honestly, it was just like, you know what? Like, nah, this, this God thing, like, this is stupid. Like, how can you go from that type of person to just a, literally a flip of a switch? Like, how did God impact your life in such a way to where, like, Saul is no longer a person in this world? Like, it, it's Paul. Yeah, right. And how, how can you continue in this walk and just be so assured that, that like, your walk with God is what it is? Like one thing that I that I um, that I think of is that Paul literally says in one of his I, I forget which book he was talking about this is that he literally said imitate me uh, you know what I'm saying and it wasn't a prideful thing no. it was like he was so sure of his life and his commitment to God that he was living the correct way that God wanted him to live, that they were able to imitate him because he was imitating God. It's like yes. a physical representation of the Bible walking. Exactly. Yeah. And and that that for me is why, I mean, I would love to sit with Paul and just kind of get that understanding. He wrote pretty much the almost the entire New Testament. Yeah, 13, like just, 13? I think so. It's 13 books, yeah. Just knowing that he was able to write all of this, and like like we talked about earlier, the marriage advice, not even being married, like bro, yeah. like how mm -hmm. how right. do you get this? And it's right. like we can't say it right now, like it was only by God. It, it was be. it was God, God and God alone. Like that's all we can say. But just being able to sit down and really see like how that progression of life, how did he go about that progression of life? I I feel like it'd be really interesting. What's your answer, Bill? Huh. I Paul is a really good one. It's a really good one. I'll real quick tell my favorite Paul moment ever is he was uh, getting questioned by the Pharisees and Sadducees in Jerusalem, and they were all angry at him, did not like him at all. They were trying to question him, and it, it actually started out with during the trial, all he said was something about that he was serving God, and, and the high priest ordered him to be slapped for no reason. They're like, go hit that guy. Shut up. And, and he's like, you, you slapped me? What are you doing? You know, he got upset. And in the middle of that conversation, he's looking around. You know, he's, he's, he's looking at all the people in there and sees that the room is split with Pharisees and Sadducees. And so he says, 
men and brethren, I am a Pharisee and the son of a Pharisee, and I believe in the resurrection or the life or whatever. I come to you doing that. <laughs> the one thing that they disagreed on, and because he had that knowledge, he split the whole room. And I love moments like that where he just knew. And all of a sudden, the Pharisee's like, hey, this guy's great. We love this mm-hmm. guy. And then the Sadducee's like, wait, we don't believe in that, though, so we don't like him at all. <laughs> split the room like fighting. Moses yeah. split the seas with God. They started <laughs> fighting. Yeah, exactly. He literally did. To the point where they started fighting so much that the Roman soldiers guarding him had to take him out because they were worried he was going to get killed and that ended up being the reason he was sent to rome and 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 that very night after that god appeared to him in a dream jesus appeared to him in a dream saying you know fear not Mm -hmm. you're going to go to rome and and minister to the emperor and and that's where you know because paul had the resources and he was transformed from being a pharisee he mm-hmm. knew everything about that group he knew mm-hmm. how to w- the exact thing you had to say mm-hmm. to split them up but i love paul is one of my favorite you know biblical characters mm-hmm. but i'll say for a similar reason that mine would probably be peter mm-hmm. because when you look at the transformation between you know between him betraying jesus yeah. to within a few chapters you know, and in, in, in Acts, being able to preach and have, you know, 3,000 people saved is amazing. Yeah. I mean, just that level. And, and we, you know, Granny had brought up in Sunday school at one point about Peter and, you know, what would have happened if Peter hadn't walked on the water mm-hmm. or if he had, you know, kept looking at Jesus. And yeah. I said it would probably be a pretty boring story if he yeah. had just walked over to him. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he was destined to fail because mm-hmm. he needed jesus to pull him up yeah and you learn from your mistakes yeah so i think when he went down in the water and he looked around and he saw the waves and the scary things around him you know before he was unsure and so he sank and he didn't have faith but because he learned from that i think when it came down to the day of pentecost when he looks around and everybody there is saying you're all drunk you know, the, he he could have easily said, you know, oh, well, yeah, we are, and just walked off, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just tried to not say anything because he was unsure, and he's looking around at the winds and the waves and the chaos around him yeah. on the day of Pentecost, and instead, he he keeps his eyes on Jesus and just says, men and brethren, we're not drunk as you suppose, yeah. it being the third hour of the day, and goes on to preach a message that saved 3,000 in mm-hmm. one moment, I mean, and added to the church instantly yeah. from the day of getting the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost. It's amazing. And that's why he's one of my favorites is just throughout the whole, you know, beginning of the story of Peter, the whole time in, in the gospels is him being impetuous yeah. and unsure and just striking out instantly. But you see the Holy Ghost start to use that to mm-hmm. where now he does whatever he is commanded to do, but nothing else. Yeah. And, you know, the book of Acts is a different person. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different, a changed Peter where, you know, he's able to say, uh, you rise, Peter, kill and eat, and eventually he's able to preach to the Gentiles. Whereas before he would have said, "No, I'm not going to do that," because yeah. that's what he thought. Yeah. But instead, he followed God completely, and you know, it, it's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. That's true. What's yours, Jose? I want to hear yours. I was about to say you, you had, had the most had, time to think yeah. about that. You guys had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, in the time that y'all guys were talking, in my brain, I kind of probably would have forgot like three points. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you guys picked New Testament, and you picked disciples. Yeah, apostles. Um, I'm gonna I want to go to the Old Testament. All right. I'm gonna pick someone who never died. Ooh, this is gonna be a good one. And reason two why two options here. That's what I say. It's a fifty-fifty. Can you guess which one? All right. Well, you take one, I'll get the other. I guess. All right. So, 
the reason why I want I wanted to pick with Elijah because he's um, <laughs> you know think about Elijah's life and what mm-hmm. he went through. Yeah. You know, he was a, a a man from the wild, and he was called from God to go to to Ahab to tell them that they're serving a God that is not a God. Yeah. Poking an eye and saying it will not rain for a God that controls the crops. Mm. Yes. The God that says, yeah. hey, it, you're, you're going to have plenty of crops, you know, and yeah. what do you, how do you get crops with rain? Rain mm-hmm. has to be able to, you know, go on the ground for the crops to be able to get some kind of, you know, Nourish. drink, yeah. nourishment. When saying that to the, you know, face to face with some of the most evil rulers that literally killed anybody, you know, mm-hmm. and just that. Right. You have Jezebel, who is the, one of the worst women that's ever in the Bible. You're facing two crazy people, you know. Sure. And here's the here's one thing about is, you know, he has to he has to go and poke poke Beelzebub in the eye, or is it Beelzebub Bale? Just Bale. Bale in the eye and say, you're not gonna let it rain. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be until I say so, mm-hmm. being God say so. Mm-hmm. And then you know, who are you? Yeah. You know, yeah. and because it didn't rain for a long time, he had the the Lord showed him to go and hide by the brook, and then thinks, you know the brook dried up. He has no water now. He has to yeah. go yeah. to a woman's house who has you know who fears for her life that she's going to die, mm-hmm. and tell her that hey, you know make us make me a cake before you make yours, yeah. but I have to make mine before we die because we have to eat before mm-hmm. you know and, the, and yeah. you know just to know that he was sure. able to say with a word that whatever he said was going to happen because it was the word of the Lord. Yeah. That crucible never went away. You know, that, that, the, the oil never, never, yeah. uh, never went away and the flour mm-hmm. never went away. Right. The meal, I'm sorry. Thank you. And, um, you know, he, he basically brought back the son's life, you yeah. know, went up, went yes. up to the upper room and, and prayed over it and brought yes. him back down to the woman. And mm-hmm. you are a man of God. You know, yeah. and then going to, you know, he has a, just to say, he's, he had a lot. I don't, I don't want to yeah. go into the whole story of, of Elijah, <laughs> sure. but it's just knowing what he had to go through. He, after, after he killed all the servants of Baal, he went to go into hiding. And when he went into hiding, you know, the Lord spoke to him. What are you doing here? I did not call you to be here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's for us. We get to a point where life mm-hmm. is such a struggle. Mm-hmm. We're not even we're not even being sought after to be killed. Mm. We're just having struggles of life. We're just having financial issues. We're just having problems with you know medical issues with our kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. We just we and we, sometimes we just want to hide. But the Lord didn't call us to hide from that. He called us to face into it. He was yeah. going to be there with us. So I want to I want I would love to sit down and talk to Elijah about it because and. The fact that he went and up in the in the the fiery chariot, <laughs> the fiery chariot, you know, he he went up to heaven without dying, and passed the mantle on to Elisha, which is a whole different story. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, this I would love to talk to Elijah and get into get perspective from him and mm-hmm. what he did and how he had to do it and what he felt. That's that's what I would do. That's good. Yes, well, and that has a big message in it. What you were talking about about what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I'm I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even though we're surrounded by, you know, Christians and family and people who care about us, sometimes we still say, uh, "It feels like I'm all alone in what I'm struggling with." Yeah. And then it took God saying, "Hey, get up 
go over here. There's 7,000 people who have never bowed to Baal. You're not mm -hmm. alone. Right. Why are you trying to convince me yeah. that you are? You know, exactly. if you don't know, all you mm -hmm. need to do is ask God and say, hey, am I alone in this or do you have people? And it's like, you know, yeah. again, with your, with your ADHD, you know, when you have that, somebody was thinking, I'm all alone. Yeah. And I don't know how to pray, and, and I can't explain it to the pastor because they'll just say to pray harder. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just don't get distracted. Yeah. Or, yeah. But there are people who it, genuinely care about you. It's literally... That's the truth. It's, it's hard. It's, yeah. You get told, just put the distractions aside, but sure. your mind literally is, is the distraction. The distraction. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's it's really hard. Thank you for bringing that up. No, no yeah. um, But it, it is the truth. Sometimes you have to be able to know that there are people that are facing the same issue yeah. and problems yeah. that you are mm -hmm. to be able to know that you can handle it. Yeah. You can face it. Yeah. So. All right, last question Here's a fun here. question. Here we go. Oh, man. Here's a fun question. <laughs> you don't have and to answer this spiritually. There's, there's no, you don't have to be spiritual. Well, with this week, I mean, right? yeah. you never know how it goes. Yeah. You can. You, you, by all means, you can. Yeah. You, you We're can. not going to judge you for not going spiritually. Yeah, no, Here's judged. the question. If you had $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? You want to build a church? Build a church. You know, what, what do you want to do? Oh, don't give him ideas. I'm oh. sorry. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, you said spiritual. You listen, could have built a church. I've, I've told my wife this countless times. Uh, I've told her, like, if somehow, in some way, God wants to bless us with any type of money, whether it be a big lump sum or anything mm -hmm. like that, my, my first thing, every single time I tell her, I was like, I'm giving my 10%, my ties to the church. Yeah. Like, wow. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, everything that I receive, I, I believe my 10% needs to be taken out. And it's not because, like, it's not because, like, yo, like, this is what you got to do. Like, you got to check this off your, your Christian checklist. But no, because in all honesty, when we understand that it's not the 10% that belongs to God, it's the a whole hundred because he allows us to have that 90%. Right, you wouldn't have got it without exactly. him. Exactly. So you, you wouldn't have the extra or the excess, whatever you want to call it, without God in the first place. So right. 100%, I'd give my 10% to to God, to the church, however you want to word that. Um, sure. Give an offering to the church as well, like to let them know, hey, I'm not just doing my, my due diligence and, and putting my 10%, right. but I'm giving more in faith knowing that you will, that God will work, that God will do what he can do. Um, and in all honesty, probably pay maybe some debt and just to be real, get something nice for my wife. There's like, a lot I, of money on the table after yeah. that. I mean, I unless you Wait, ha, unless did you, you say have, 10, 000 or ten million? I said ten million. million, but if oh, you if okay, that's all okay, you're all right. do, that's you're a whole story. That's a whole like yeah. literally. I would pay off all my debt yeah. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not saying that I have a heck of a lot of debt, but no. <laughs> but definitely pay off a lot oh, yeah. of debt. Give the ten percent of the church. Give an offering to the church. You're being um, a little modest there, weren't you? Yeah, bro. I thought you said ten thousand for a second. I'm just like, all right, it'll be all right. I mean, maybe something here and there. You're like, wait a minute, Daisy. What are you gonna do with the other like nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars? Like, but no, no. I, I real deal thought you said ten thousand for no, a second. No, but no, man. I definitely those things that I've said that I mentioned before. You know, I I'd honestly give back because yeah. God has been so faithful to me and God has been my provider through it all. I'd honestly probably buy a new house, like a nicer house. Sure. Um, oh, I love my house. I love my house where it's at right now. Um, but get a bigger house, a nicer nicer place and everything. No for, restrictions. Yes, exactly, 100%. <laughs> I can praise God for that one. Um, but then, like, yeah, pay off debt, give to the church, give back. 
Like, in all honesty, I, I, I've said this before, too, and, I, and I'd honestly give back to mom and dad. Oh, just because definitely. they they've literally provided even when they couldn't. And just to be able to give them something that they don't have to worry about anymore would definitely be a thing that I would just... I don't think there's ever a way you no, can get back to my I, I can never repay back, but if there was any way that I can even do a smidgen of the percentage of what they've given to me, I would do it without is, even thinking about it. That is so awesome. I I love the answer. I know we joked about getting spiritual or whatever, but that was, the, that was probably the best answer ever. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, to think about it, I mean, the Lord, if if $10 million were to drop in your bank account tomorrow mm-hmm. and you woke up seeing all those zeros, the first thing you would do, first of all, if you are a Christian, is like he said. Am I a criminal? You better be, you better be paying your 10%. You yeah. know, and also, you know, giving, giving, giving to, giving back <laughs> to mom really, and dad. honestly, the first th- thought that would go through your mind is like, where did this come from? Yeah. Some like, you wouldn't yeah. even think like, oh God, you yeah, blessed me. Like, no, true. you're like, how the heck did this get in here? There right? was, there like, was somebody going on. Somebody said that they had a bunch of money go into their bank account, and they were scared. Yeah. As soon as they saw the money. Yeah. They didn't want to touch it, mm-hmm. you know. And the next thing you know, they get a call from the not a call, but an email from the bank saying that there was a transfer that went to your bank account that wasn't where you had to give all that money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if yeah. you didn't, it was jail time. Yeah. I was just like, well, if the Lord gave it to me, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it would be a jail time, you know. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. But It'd be praise time. It wouldn't be jail time. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Right? Speaking of praise, how about that pastor getting a million dollar ties check? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're not talking about Joel Osteen, are we? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Name his, dropping. I don't know. I was thinking of uh, buying stock and, like, putting it all into stock in Sweethearts, the Valentine's Day candy, because that's been around since, like, the 1920s, and it's not going anywhere. No. So I feel like I'd... I'd Probably raise my money tenfold. You, you, yeah. get, you get your investment back every oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's one of those things that every should, Actually, I take that back. I'm going to put it all in Hallmark and and greeting cards because that's such that's like the biggest that's racket. There. That's the biggest racket to ever exist. Always there. Of just you have to get this, yeah. especially the blank ones. If you have a blank card, what are you doing? I mean, you're paying money for a crease. You can make one yourself, and they have that professional <laughs> crease on there, and you just write what you want. Right. It's so funny, but I don't know. I'd probably, you know, I would pay my ties. It may be a little more begrudging, but I think I have 10 million. I wouldn't be that. The Bible says not to be grudging. <laughs> well, I'm not, you know, I won't, I won't sound a trumpet or anything like that, like the Pharisees, but yeah. I would let them know, hey, this is a million-dollar check coming your way. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, hold yourself <laughs> in expectation. But other than that, I mean, just kind of probably save it and see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. get the little things that aren't going to be, like, dropping it on something super huge. But yeah. living small, you know, and being happy is mm-hmm. great. Even, you know, the things that you would need for a happy life yeah. are not, you know, the gold-plated anything. If you I just definitely like the idea of a minimalistic lifestyle. Listen, I would say, like, you said you said save it. Just don't be like the guy with the parable of the talents that you talked yeah, about. Yeah, and, and, and just save it in that little hole. He's like, yeah, here he it's is. True. Here you and go. that's the thing, is it's always better. The, the reason, the legitimate, like, way that you could get $10 million without having to do anything. The example I have is is a, a YouTuber, Mr. Beast. Mm. Huge. I mean, he's 
in my mind, one of the best at creating content that's watchable for everyone. And he's a genius when it comes to making it. So he gets all this money because everybody watches his videos all, over, all around. And he <laughs> puts it right back into the channel. Yeah. Or he gives to charities. I mean, because mm -hmm. he's honest about it. He's like, this is way more money than I could ever spend. Yeah. Why would I? You know, mm -hmm. like, why would I hold it and just try to buy everything for myself? So he makes more content. It makes more content possible. But instead, he gives things away to people and is is charitable yeah. because that's what that's what matters. And he's not a Christian person, as far as I know. I don't believe so. No. But he hasn't just, claimed a faith. Yes, but being a good person is mm -hmm. not should not be something that's only applying to Christians. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't apply to Christians that I yeah. know. You know, they so, claim yeah. to be a Christian, but the nastiest people they're you've hold, ever met. hold all that money back that they have and not give any of it. You know, it's oh, yeah. it's hard sometimes when you see a guy at a gas station because in this day and age we don't mm -hmm. know if they need it or if they're just gonna use it for things that we don't yeah. agree with. And mm -hmm. so that's you know my mom taught me to always say, you know, this is the Lord's money yeah. when you give it. Because then that, even if, you know, they may feel a little guilt when they spend it. Yeah. <laughs> if they're spending yeah. on drugs yeah. or alcohol or whatever it is. But it's about the Lord putting people in your path, too. Yeah. I've had people come up to me and ask. And they were, you know, they didn't look like they were needing the help. They mm -hmm. just were, hey, can you, and I'm like, That's, yes, I don't mind. Yeah. Ever. If you would ask me, I appreciate that more than me having to say, you know, I have to go up to somebody and ask because yeah. that's more difficult too. Mm -hmm. But yeah. getting out of your comfort zone oh, yeah. at that point—it's hard, and I have to force myself sometimes because you know, there's a portion of the Bible that talks about God talking to us, and uh, or Jesus talking to us, and He said, "When I was naked, you didn't clothe me, mm. and you know, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me." And I'm like, "When? When did that happen?" And He's like, "Every mm. time you do that to one of my children, you're doing it to me." No. And it's sometimes, you know, I would rather be on the side of I did do it and and was in the wrong mm -hmm. as far as they used it for something they shouldn't have, mm. but it wasn't me not wanting to give. Sometimes yeah. it's out of convenience more than yeah. anything or not wanting to have to worry about it. But, you know, it's it's an, it's an interesting struggle to go through. Yeah. But $10 million would be pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good question. Mm -hmm. That was a whole time was a good set of questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, $10 million sounds like I'm just gonna say, obviously, ties is gonna be the first thing. Just yeah. so you know, I hope so. At it's this gonna point. be. You gotta <laughs> get your first. It's this. gotta be your first fruit. You can't. Yeah. You, yeah. No. I'm gonna go ahead and say that, I would. I would build me a house. Yeah. I would build me a house somewhere mm -hmm. nice and With different land. than where I'm at right now. Yeah. I would completely build it real new. Everything. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. Yeah. You know, and obviously. There's people that need, you know, yeah. there's people that yeah. need something. I'm, I would rather give, you know, granny needs a new car because that car has been running on, you know, whatever it's been running on. Jesus. However it's been running. Jesus. It's been yeah. running on Jesus right now. <laughs> over three times. Yes. But I would, I would definitely be up to, if I had $10 million, I would be up to giving a brand new car and then letting that be a, a car for ministry because that's what she does with it goes yeah. to the jails and ministers mm -hmm. goes to the nursing home the ministers that yeah. car is the reason why there's their minister mm -hmm. the ministry is so you know her right. her part of the ministry is so big well in yeah. 20 years after you know you were talking about her reading to the kids she mm -hmm. still does it every day yeah and I, I had a different experience with that because, you know, you would go and stay there the whole time. So you'd get to hear it once. Mm -hmm. But then we're sitting there and by the, you know, 15th child that's yeah. come by, we're like, yeah. oh, here we go again, the same chapter or it's whatever. Like, but on, that's what I mean is, is the dedication to do that every day yeah. Yeah. And, and read mm -hmm. and 
and pray earnestly over them. Yeah. You know, after after we read the Lord's Prayer, then mm-hmm. then to earnestly say, help them during their day for every yeah. person there is such a blessing. And it's amazing that she's kept it up this long and how many people yeah. that's truly touched, mm-hmm. you know. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to Bill for a last minute thought. What do you have to say, Bill? Anything <laughs> that you want to say about this podcast? Well, I always enjoy being here. I always enjoy, I hate to say I always enjoy talking because I I do enjoy giving thoughts but it's not for hearing myself it's for sharing that with other people and i appreciate that we're able to do this you know and people listen to it that's always mm-hmm. unexpected when people enjoy it as much as we do and uh, i appreciate jc listening to it and thinking i want to be a guest on this thing <laughs> you know because it's it's a lot of fun but sometimes you don't know if the things you're saying get <laughs> get out yeah. there and reach their full potential mm-hmm. and so it's always always very helpful and I appreciate you coming. It was a yeah, no great doubt. conversation. Music. We talked about just about everything we could. I mean, yeah. you know, all sorts. We went through just about the whole Bible. And, uh, <laughs> a to Z. Yeah, That's right. so uh, it was a great conversation. And uh, we look forward to hearing your response when it comes to the audience. If you enjoyed this, you want more guests, leave feedback on our website at thebrospod.com. We'd love to hear from you. Still waiting on that first email, but it'll come one day. We Patience. believe it. Yeah, patience is a virtue, and That's we're right. excited to hear that. And, you know, it's like my pastor always says, Rome wasn't built in a day. Did you just say Rome? JC, thank you for being here. Do you have any things you want to say before we end this podcast? Man, you guys have been great. I appreciate the, the ask to be here. Um, the only thing I can sit here and say is that just believe that God can do it. And he will. It's like there's no one else, like the song says, there's no one else but God that can truly help us through every situation. So let's not make excuses. and Let's be men and women of our word and seek after God together. Where can we find your music? And where can we find you on social media if we wanted to look you up? You can find me on every single platform um, when it comes to music, iTunes, uh, Google Play, probably Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, Pandora, Spotify. Um, on every social media platforms, I really right now just have Facebook and Instagram. Um, you got JC Santos Music. Uh, you can find me there. And on uh, Instagram, it's just JC underscore Santos 16. All right. Simple as that. All right, you heard it from him. If you want to look for JC Santos, do it as he says so. Thank you for listening.